<laughs> we can do it. Great. Ross always yeah. wants to be on the front. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. Good morning, our online Sangha. Welcome, everyone. Uh, just a quick, um, I'm Mado. I'm Sophia. Andrea. John. Donna. Georgie. Ross. Andy. Charla. Anne. Aisha. Michelle. Nicolette. Natalie. Okay. You've shown up. <laughs> How nice. Uh, what a what a, a gift uh, to everyone. That, um, you're willing to take this time out of what I know is a very busy schedules to uh, basically do nothing um, and just just be which is a very rare, very rare thing. And that you're willing to make the trip here and you, except for Anne, most of you have to actually get in a car and, and come here. Um, it, it's uh, very grateful for uh, your willingness to do that and to show up to support the Zendo, to support the practice, to support one another. So. Many, many thanks. We are embarked upon a discussion uh, of the Buddhist precepts, largely because a number of our Sangha members will be receiving precepts and Max in particular will be receiving them formally in the Jukai ceremony on December, in December. So we are going to support him and receive the precepts with him uh, because we, we really do nothing alone and we're making that quite explicit uh, now. Uh, so I want to, we're not, we're not addressing the precepts in any particular order. Um, typically uh, we go through them uh, starting with no killing and then proceeding in, the, in, a, in a standard order. Uh, this Zendo has been in existence for about 15 years. And every year, at least once, we discuss the precepts and go through the precepts. And it's always a, a great joy to, to be able to do this, to remind ourselves of, uh, of a way of life, that a, a kind of principled way of life that we've made a, some kind of commitment to, um, that we are aware that we've, we may, we're setting an intention to live in a certain way. And these precepts are expressions of some of those ways that we have intended to live. And instead of just having a kind of haphazard life, you know, whatever, we have, brought to our awareness uh, a set of principles, a set of guidelines uh, that we intend to use to guide our lives so that we have a complete life. We have a complete life as a human being in the best human being that we can possibly be. 
So I want, I, before I get into the precept of uh, no illusory words, otherwise known as no lying, uh, or refrain from lying, or uh, this, a student of the Buddha is trained, training in abstaining from lying. I, I want to remind us about the nature of the precepts generally, the spirit in which we are addressing them. In, in the early Buddhist canon uh, literature, there are what are called three baskets, tripitaka. And the teachings fall into these three baskets. One of the baskets is called Vinaya, which are the rules, monastic rules. There were 250 of them. Um, they, are, they were um, developed by the Buddha in order to keep the Sangha, the, the monastic community, harmonious. Uh, to reduce conflict. So they were about community. And every time someone, some monk in the community did something that offended others or disrupted the harmony of the community, Buddha would say, none of this, this is a rule. <laughs> and, and some of them are very petty and, and they're actually <laughs> called petty. <laughs> petty rules, like uh, you're not supposed to hold gold, or you shouldn't sleep in a soft bed. <laughs> um, uh, there are lots of rules like that. And um, actually, there are even more for nuns. Uh, I guess nuns were a lot more mis mischievous <laughs> than the monks. But there's a whole set of rules uh, that um, were designed to to, to keep the community, uh, the integrity of the community and the harmony of the community um, in, in force. So that's the Vinaya. Then there are the sutras, uh, the Diamond Sutra, the Lotus Sutra, the, Avala, uh, Lava, um, the um, uh, Heart Sutra, you know, there's just lots and lots of sutras and discourses. Those are another basket of teachings. And the third are, is called the Abhidharma, which is um, uh, more metaphysical uh, and has, has more to do with the very nature of the mind. So there are these three baskets. And actually the precepts do not fall under in the basket of the Vinaya. They are not rules they fall under the basket of the sutras, which are the teachings. So we need to understand that the precepts are not rules. So if they're not rules, what are they? Um, you, you really can't break a precept the way you can break a rule. Uh, the other day I was listening to CNN and they were talking about um, the fact that the advice about the virus, the COVID keeps changing. 
And why, you know, why does, why can't science get it right? Why is it always changing? And one of the, uh, the doctors said, well, science is changing, is always changing. Uh, you, can't, you can't regard science as absolute because as research continues, as conditions change, the science changes. And it occurred to me that, that that's sort of the way ethics and morality is. Um, there's and then there's math. Math, those are rules. Two plus two equals four. And if you say two plus two equals five, you're wrong. And if you sleep in a soft bed, you've broken the rule. But morality isn't that way. In our practice, ethics and morality is more like science. It's, you could say science is to math as morality is to religion. In religion, in dogma, you can sin. You can break a rule. You can break a principle. In our practice, morality, ethics is much more like science. It's not absolute. It's not dogmatic. It changes with changes in circumstances, in causes and conditions. So this is the spirit of the precepts. which probably um, uh, gives rise to the understanding that there is no way you cannot lie. The point is not not to lie because that would be impossible, right? Can you imagine a life in which you never lied? I think the research shows that in the first 10 minutes of any encounter, particularly with strangers, in the first 10 minutes, you lie three times. That it's, it's as simple as, um, Great to see you. <laughs> oh, you look great. <laughs> or I'm fine. <laughs> or what's wrong? Nothing's wrong. <laughs> Everything's great. Right? I mean, we could call those petty or white, white lies, quote unquote. But they are, they're lies. And so the point is, the precept about lying, about being truthful, I'm going to suggest has very little to do with um, saying something that isn't true. 
because we can ask ourselves, how do we determine what is true? We, they say we live now, what do they call it? A post-truth society, the big lie, right? Was there ever a society dedicated to the truth? <laughs> Is this society any different than societies in which lies were rampant, in which the government lied, in which people lied to one another? Uh, lying is, it seems, gosh, it is so darn easy to lie. Isn't it? It's, it's, it's one of the easiest things to do. And how do you, how do you keep from doing it? It's virtually impossible. And Buddha never, I think, taught anything that was impossible. He didn't, he didn't say to cultivate lying. <laughs> and he certainly recommended that we abstain from lying. <clears throat> but never made it a rule because it would be inevitably broken. So one of the easiest things about lying is that for the most part, lying depends on words. And words are, <laughs> they're so easy to use. You can create all kinds of illusions with them and um, you can pretty much say anything. And it's, it just seems to come out. <laughs> without much thought, uh, it just flows. And so one of, the, one of the reasons why lying is troubling from a Buddhist perspective is that it, it does disrupt relationships between people. It creates suffering it actually separates you from others. When you, when you know, even in the most cursory way that you are not quite telling the truth, you're separating yourself from the person or persons that you're relating to. It damages relationships, it damages the community. Why? because trust is lost. Trust is when, when you deliberately say something that you know, that you know isn't true, never mind absolute truth. We're not, we're not even going there, what a fact is. But somehow when you know, when you feel, you're not quite telling it as it is based on your understanding. You are not trusting the person you're telling it to and you're not trusting the community and you're not developing trust 
in your relationships. In fact, our lineage holder, Koben Shino Roshi, once was asked, he, he, he was, um, he was uh, leading Jikoji Zen Center in California. And the community was as often, <laughs> spiritual communities was in disarray. You think that of all communities that should be in harmony, spiritual communities should be, but it's not always the case. Um, and so someone wanted to post the precepts in the dining room so the residents could be reminded of them. <laughs> and Coben said, absolutely not. We are not, these are not to be posted. The only thing, the, every precept reduces to one precept. And what is that precept? It is creating a safe place for someone to sleep. Let that sink in. Creating a safe place for someone to sleep. That expresses trust, right? If somebody feels that they can sleep safely in your house with you, they trust you. They trust you. They feel safe with you. There's only one precept to be trustworthy, to be upright, to be what I will call a true person. This has very little to do with telling the truth. It has a lot more to do with being a true person. A person who even if he or she or they lie, which is inevitable, you still trust them. You trust them to perhaps say, I'm sorry that I did, I did lie <laughs> uh, to, to face up to it, um, to confess, um, to, to be a decent, upright, trustworthy individual. So I'm, making this distinction between telling the truth, which is something we should all aspire to, if to the extent that we can, and being truthful, being a true person, which seems there's a, a, a phrase in, in the Rinzai tradition, which Ongyo knows very well because it's on the back of his rock suit. A true person of no rank. 
This is the precept to be in our book study, we're talking about nakedness, being, being raw, being true, being a true human being. Um, and Uchiyama Roshi talks about thought, cooking, <laughs> cooking things. Well, um, that's what happens when we lie. We are cooking. We're cooking the truth. We're, we're transforming it. Sometimes to be unrecognizable. And we do this not just words these days, but I think, did you Ross talk about curating? Curating your, your Facebook page, you know, your, we curate our image, right? This is, this is a form of cooking, of lying. You know, we're, we're, it's like taking those fresh peas that I talked about. Uh, and I know you like canned peas, Andrea, but, <laughs> <laughs> okay. but they're so this, they get to be unrecognizable <laughs> as peas. You know, they're just cooked, so processed. It's like we can do that to ourselves. We just process ourselves to death. Um, and sometimes we just call, we call what we have online, we call it our profile. You know, it's not, it's not the fullness of who we are. It's a curated image. It's something we have created just as we create with words. We create illusions. We can do that with imagery. And we've learned how to do that so that it's all, you know, it's all a lie. The moment I open my mouth, language itself is a lie. There's no, you know, stick. This is a teacher's stick. Katsu. <laughs> you know, does katsu, does, is, does that say this? No, it's just, it's a sound. Katsu. Nado. It's the sound, it, it's a lie. It's not me, it's not my fullness. So our practice, you could say, when we say to be a true person of no rank is to just be human. To be as openly, honestly, nakedly human as possible and to notice to notice when it's human to lie when it's just human to lie and i notice in my own life the way i do it is i add i add little things to my statements for example if if someone to ask were to ask me well how many People were in the zendo uh, on Sunday. Well, I don't know, maybe there are 15 people or so. I probably said, oh, I think 20. <laughs> you know, just to make it seem <laughs> it was really well attended. 
<laughs> or I was talking with somebody uh, the other day and he was in the, he was, he was a writer and he said he was working on a short story. And I said, oh, I've written short stories. Well, I have written short stories, but only one of them was published. But the impression I was giving was that, yeah, I've written a lot of short stories and they were all published. Or if I were tell someone, you know, um, what was your career? Well, I was a professor at the university. Not that I was just an assistant professor, <laughs> but that I was a professor. You know, that kind of thing, that kind of thing I find myself doing all the time. Just kind of adding a little bit <laughs> to inflate one's ego a little bit more. And it's just so natural. It just flows out so, so carelessly. <laughs> So noticing that, note, oh yeah, Mado, you did that again. <laughs> yeah, you added, you added, or you pretended that you knew something that you didn't really know. You didn't really know, but you gave the impression that you knew it. Um, and this uh, confession, internal confession that you, yeah, I lied. I lied. Not, oh, I've sinned, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'm going to hell or whatever. I'm human. I do better. You know, I'll notice this. I'll notice this more often and see, see why I'm doing, why did I say that? Why did I add, why did I feel I needed to add to investigate that, to investigate that and to get friendlier with myself so I can really figure out why I'm doing that. What, what is it that I'm missing? What is it that I, that I need to do that leads me to, to add in this way? This, this is the function of the precepts. It's not to beat yourself up and, oh, I broke the precept, I lied, I'm terrible, I'm a bad person, what's wrong with me? No, um, I'm human. <laughs> Compassion for myself and for others who lie, for others who lie. Because it goes on all the time. And to investigate, to explore, to look deeply. Socrates said, the unexamined life is not worth living. This is very much in the Buddhist spirit. The unexamined life is not worth living. And we're all here to help each other. Not, you lied, you know? Why did you say that? <laughs> um, let's let's take a look at that. Thank you. Okay, let's return. Um, Are we going to sit downstairs? Pardon? Are we going to sit downstairs? Uh, well, we're going to go out first. We're going to do out.